This is HPR episode 2699 entitled Bash Tips 15 and is part of the series Bash Scripting. It is hosted by Dave Morris and is about 30 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is some of the pitfalls when using loops in Bash. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hello everybody, it's Dave Morris. Welcome to Hacker Public Radio. I'm going to do another show about Bash in the group that I'm calling Bash Tips under the heading of Bash Scripting. There's a series called Bash Scripting. This is number 15, and this time I want to just talk, I think it's going to be fairly brief, about when you're writing loops in Bash and some of the the problems that can befall. It's really a thing that was raised in the comments to an earlier show in this uh, sub-series and um, I'll be getting on to a bit more detail about what the comments were in a little while so I won't uh, digress now. So we've looked at four loops. I spent a, a show looking at how they were structured and before that I looked at while and until loops and uh, now I want to just look at some of the things that can catch you out with these loops. Loops are great in Bash. They're, they're, they're actually quite easy to use and very very useful but there are a few areas where you can be caught out and I've certainly been caught out myself and wondered what was going on and I thought I'd pass on what I learned so that you can get the benefit of it. There's loads and loads of information out there and if you care to go searching but as usual with these things you if you don't know to search for a, for a problem because you haven't encountered the problem then it's uh, it's difficult, and if you fall over the problem, it might be quite a long hiatus in whatever you're doing. So in order to... Well, the main issue is when you use loops in relation to a pipe or a pipeline. I discovered this when I was researching this. Bash refers to a feature known as a pipeline, where you can have a sequence of one or more commands separated, separated by a vertical bar character. I didn't quite realise that a pipeline and a pipe are slightly different things. I've been using them interchangeably. But the point of it is that one command produces output and the pipe symbol, the vertical bar, connects to another command or script or whatever it is, which uses that output as its input. I'm going to spend some time looking at pipelines later on in this this, uh, series of bash tips, but I just thought I'd better cover a little bit about this just to explain what's going on in the context of this loop issue. So the series of commands and the vertical bar control characters is called a pipeline and the connection of one command to another is called a pipe. I'm not really sure that that's a very helpful terminology but uh, just in case you you find it and find yourself puzzled. So I've got an example that shows an echo which outputs the string hello world 
with mixed case and it's been piped to a said expression said hyphen e and then what it's doing is it's doing an s substitution command which is substituting all the characters that it finds in the the lines that it receives so it's only getting one it replaces them all with themselves forced to uppercase there's a backslash u construct which lets you do that i did cover this rather briefly in the said series but anyway you might want to do this i don't know why you didn't just type it in uppercase in the first place but you know this is the nature of examples so the echo command writes the arguments it's been given which is just a string hello world it writes to the to what's called the standard output channel and then the vertical bar pipe a character causes this bash to to send that output to the said command and said then sees its input coming from that echo i mean i've used this in other other cases in said series in the bash series all sorts of things so um, if you've been following these you you've this is not a surprise you probably know about these already but uh, just in case this is new to you then the said command having got its its input from the the echo down the pipe uh, then does stuff to it and prints it out on standard output which is it's going to be the terminal if you're doing this on the command line and you see the result and one of the things about this pipeline is that each command that you see so the echo and the invocation of said is run is in its own subshell a subshell is really a separate process unix and linux and other related operating systems work on the principle that you are running a process when you log in and many of the things that you do generate sub-processes within it, uh, within that, that main um, login shell. So the subshells are seen as child processes of the parent, which is the parent shell, the login shell. Or indeed, you can have another pro- a process creating another sub-process if you want. But um, one of the, f- the features of the way processes work within Unix and Linux is that you can't change things in the parent process from a child process. So you, in particular, you can't. You can write to files, of course, that they share, but you can't send environmental variables back into the parent. So this, I hope, become apparent or relevant. Seem a bit more relevant as I go into some of the problem areas. Let's look at piping into a loop where the this particular example I'm going to describe the end the destination of the of the pipe is a loop. So I've got an example here and this is a common thing you'll see people doing is to run ls to list out um, the a list of files and piping that to a loop. So I've got ls space asterisk dot mp3 then a vertical bar and then a while loop while read name so reading whatever we get on each line into a variable called name then the do part of the while then echo the contents of name and then semicolon done this is not a particularly useful thing to do because ls will output stuff all by itself that's what it's for but uh, and to feed it to a loop 
is not uh, is in this like this where it's simply echoing what it, what uh, is passed to the loop is not useful at all but it it's, serves to to demonstrate what I'm trying to explain now it's not wise to use ls like this in fact this was one of the discussions we had following one of the earlier shows ls you you find it's very often aliased to a version or in fact is defaulted to a version of itself which produces colored output or adds extra characters to file names to signal what type of file they are whether they are executable really they might be colored differently if they are soft links or hard links they will be marked somehow if they're directories they'll be marked differently so you get a lot of other data in the stream that's coming from ls that may not be all that that um, relevant to what you're trying to do in your loop you can ensure that ls is is the plain ls it doesn't have all the, the bells and whistles switched on what you usually find is that ls is an alias and you can switch that off with the unalias command so unalias ls switches off it deletes the alias and then if you invoke ls then it uh, it works as as you need for a loop but since you probably wanted the alias and you wanted it to be kept um, in that form you the rest of your um, command line session is not going to have ls in the version that that somebody presumably you has has uh, uh, defaulted to so it's not not the best way of dealing with this sort of situation i also made the the note in the show notes that um file names in unix and linux can be quite complicated they can contain spaces in them and loops usually separate out their input on the basis of a space you can control that so you might have a give a loop a a read in a loop like like in an example a single file name which has got a space in it and it's read as two separate strings so you don't want to be doing that with ls if you can if you can help it you, you need to be taking special action to deal with that i'm not doing so in this particular case but uh, it is an issue that you need to be bearing in mind now for the purposes of this demo i have uh, i have a a username on my system which is kept for HPR shows and stuff. And within it, I created a bunch of empty files just in order to, to demonstrate what LS would do with a list of files. And in the footnote, the long notes, I uh, show how I made these 10 dummy mp3 files just files with the mp3 suffix um in a in a loop using the user share dict words file that contains useful and interesting words there's a short explanation in the footnotes i won't i won't uh, explain it further here so i show here if you unalias the ls command then you you do ls asterisk dot mp3 piped into while read name semicolon do echo then in quotes dollar name semicolon done then you get a list of names and the names that the sort of names that were generated they're just random names out of this dictionary file things like astonish.mp3 berettas.mp3 and so on so you can use ls but it's not the wisest thing to do i'm going to give you some alternatives shortly the while loop in this example is running in a subshell as we've already 
ascertained. But problems can arise because this has happened. And this is where you start finding some, some of the, uh, the issues. So, for example, you might want to count the files that you've, you've got in your directory. So here's an, an actual example where the first command is count equals zero. So we're setting a variable count to zero. Then there's the, the uh, ls being piped into a while, reading each file name into a variable called name. And for each one, we also increment the variable count. And that's the entire loop. And then at the end of it, we echo the, the, the value of count. But in the worked example, the answer comes back as zero. Why does this happen? Well, the answer is that the count variable is being incremented in the loop, as, as you've asked. But it's not the count variable that you set to zero in the first instance. It's a copy. When the subshell or the subprocess is being created, it inherits the variables, the environmental variables, from the parent, and it then works with them. So you can pass information through to the child, but when it's as it's being incremented, but when the it's 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 all doing it's doing what you would expect it to do. You could print it out and see if you wished, but um, when the the pipeline ends and that process ends, the copy of the variable is thrown away. So the variable called count in the parent process is not the same one, and it still contains zero. And this is because, as I already said, bash can't pass back values from the subshell. Now, in the notes, the, the show was 2651. In the comments to that show, we had a, a suggestion from um, Clagcare, so another area where this might cause problems. He was talking about doing things with arrays. So he sets an array called items to nothing, to a null, a null array. We're going to be looking at arrays soon. It's in my to-do list to, to cover quite soon. We've, we've sort of seen them in passing at various points through this sub-series, but we've never sat down and uh, examined them in detail. Then there's a, the next, next line is something called produce items, which is a program or a function that generates individual strings or numbers which we're feeding to a loop. And the loop is a while loop, it's using read to read uh, into a variable called item, and then the the array called items is being appended to with each item that's uh, being collected by the loop. So you've got items plus equals, then in parentheses the variable item with a dollar, so we're substituting it. So this will actually cause an array to be extended by adding each individual item into it at the end. And um, that'll all be fine and dandy. But if we then, in, in Clacker's example, we have a thing, do stuff with, and we give it the array, nothing's going to get done. Nothing will happen because do stuff with doesn't get any elements in the array because the array that was processed in the while loop is a copy of the parent's parent level array and is not it, that's not the one that's being appended to it's a, it's a, the parent one i should say is not the one that's being appended to it's the the child version of it the child copy so this is what clack says about it items that's the array gets updated just fine in a subshell 
but then after the pipe is finished executing, execute, continu execution continues in the parent shell where the array is still empty. So arrays inside the loop and outside the loop are separate. So that's it's just another example of the what uh, what variables are how variables are available in and outside inside and outside a sub process. Now one way to avoid these pipe type pitfalls is not use a pipe <laughs> because because of there's no real way of avoiding the uh, the, the loss of the the variables the invisibility of the variables or whatever you like to put it we looked at process substitution back in show number six of the bash tips series episode 2045 we did actually talk about the pipe problem just then but uh, it's it's um relevant perhaps to to talk more about it here we're going to look in more detail here we in that particular show we did look at how you could use process substitution that's where you create a process which is running a command or list of commands inside parentheses the first parenthesis the left parenthesis is preceded immediately by a less than sign so what that means is there's a process that's running and it's sending its output from the whole whole thing that it's doing there into whatever is on the left hand side so my example again unaliases ls assuming that you've got ls you can we're going to use ls again because we haven't found any, we haven't looked yet at anything else to uh, to to do a better job but um we're going to remove the the alias to make things simpler and we're setting count to zero and then we start off with a while loop and we read into the variable name as before semicolon do then in double parentheses we've got count plus plus so we're incrementing count semicolon done then there's a less than sign and that's a redirection which is another subject we haven't looked at properly yet and that's uh, that's coming quite soon as well then it's followed by the process substitution so that's a less than open parenthesis ls space asterisk dot mp3 close parenthesis what's actually going to happen in in that particular line is that the loop will really i think the process substitution will fire up will generate its output and the loop will consume it as it's being produced so it's it's pretty much exactly the same as doing it the other way around the ls at the beginning piped into the loop except that in this particular case the sub process contains the ls so the ls is just generating the data it's not manipulating variables the while is not in a sub process there's no pipe here anyway so the the, the count variable is not being lost it's not a copy it's the parental version so the last line is echo in quotes double uh, double quotes dollar count and we get back the answer 10 i actually ran this on the list of files that i was talking about earlier on and there were 10 of them so we get back the right answer the array thing that uh, clacky was talking about could also be remodeled in this same same sort of way and uh, I've shown it here. I, I think it's probably best if I don't read this one out because the last one was quite complex. I think you'll, you'll get the gist of it if you if you look at the at the example. I've included a downloadable script, bash15ex1.sh, 
which is a simplified version of the array example that, that Clacker mentioned. And uh, in this particular case, it's filling the array with random words from the infamous user share dict words, the, the dictionary that I like to use so much. And it's, uh, it's only picking out five of them. It's a big file, actually, so there's loads and loads of them. And it's filling that array, and then the, the script is going through a for loop and printing out the uh, contents of the array. And each, each array element has got a number to the left of it, starting at 1. So it, uh, it just generates f uh, five random words. There's another example, bash15ex2.sh, which does something very similar, but it uses a for loop where the loop is being populated from a process... What's it called? Command substitution. I get confused between process substitution and command substitution. You'll see it in the, the listing here. I didn't run this one for you. I'll leave you to... You're interested enough to try it you to, uh, to play around with it yourself there's just an alternative way of populating an array if that's what you want to do there are other ways and i'm going to save them for when i do the do the array show so while i'm on the, the subject of collecting file names and all that good stuff and processing them in some some sort of way i'm going to just talk about an alternative to ls there's a command called find which gives you a lot more control over what's selected and also what is produced in the in the listing that uh, comes out the other end the find command is very powerful there's a whole find utils gnu find utils manual i'm thinking that maybe i should do a show on this at some stage or indeed if anybody else wants to do that they're very welcome but uh, find is there's a lot to talk about with find and i don't want to go into a series of shows but pick out some of the really important bits and talk about them would be would be a useful thing to do i'm just going to speak very 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 briefly about find in this particular episode so one of the typical ways of using find is you type the command find you tell it which directory to perform the find operation on and then you give it some options so if we're working with the directory full of mp3 files empty mp3 files then you might type find space then a dot then follow that with a space hyphen name space then in quotes single quotes asterisk dot mp3 close quote space hyphen print so then the the dot just means the current directory we're assuming we're in the current directory and we're doing this the hyphen name option defines a, a glob pattern to match the files that we want to get back you need to quote this because otherwise it'll be expanded in the as the command is being processed rather than being handed down to the command itself to be processed to be expanded within it and the hyphen print option causes the file to be reported find also reports the path of the file since it's local to the current directory then you see dot slash and then the name of the file and I've shown an example of it doing this in the notes. 
unlike ls find doesn't sort the files so they come out in in a in a sort of random order i'm not sure what the order is it's probably the directory order or something and the other thing about find is that by default it will search subdirectories as well so i've done an example here where i've created a subdirectory in which i called subdir and in it i created another empty mp3 file using touch and then i did a find using so pretty much the same arguments except that after hyphen name i've got in square brackets ai close square brackets asterisk dot mp3 so that means only show me files whose names begin with an A and a, or an I. That was just because to, to save the uh, the length of the notes, really, because uh, I knew there's a file in the top directory begins with an A, and the one in the subdirectory begins with an I. What you get back is dot slash subdir slash ignore this file, which is what I called the file dot mp3, and dot slash astonish dot mp3. So those are the two files that match those criteria, but it's included the subdirectory, which ls would not have done. There's another option you can add to find, which is hyphen max depth, which limits the searches to, which can limit the searches to the current directory. You, it, it actually controls how many directories down it goes. If you set it to max depth one, Max def followed by a space and a one. Put that in the, the same command we had before. Then you only see the file con- called astonish.mp3. So I showed, I show here an example of how you would use find rather than ls, as we did before, to count the files in the, the directory containing the main mp3 file. And I won't read this out, but because it, it's got this, this, the, it's pretty much the same, except that inside the process substitution is a find command the, the same find command we just talked about or similar that's that's just really to, to say find is a good way of, of, of working with loops that you want to use in the context of finding files <laughs> which is a, a common thing to do and it's partly because one of the the discussion points around this area included the process of going through a list of files in a directory and and performing some operation on them so that's a that's a very common thing to want to do so i thought i'd finish off with just a brief bit about the extended patterns that you get when you enable the x glob option now i talked quite a bit about this in show 2293 and as a command called shopt s-h-o-p-t and you can set xglob on using that. And uh, it's, it's explained in that particular show. When I was talking about this, I discovered that my workstation running Debian has got ext-glob enabled by default because I use the bash completion extension. I think there's a very good chance that everybody is doing that because I think that's a default in a lot of versions of uh, Linux. So... You might well find that ext-glob is switched on for you already. We talked in that particular show, 2293, about the extended matching patterns that you could you could use when you had that uh, option switched on. So one thing you can do is, the, is demonstrated in the, the next example. And here we're using a for loop, which 
consists of four space f which is the variable we're going to to set to each value in and then the extended glob pattern is plus open parenthesis i vertical bar sa vertical bar t close parenthesis asterisk dot mp3 what that means is select files which begin with an i with the letters sa or with the letter t and do do things with them so as you run the the for loop a list of such such uh, files will be returned and the loop will process that list so after that pattern we have semicolon space do space echo then in quotes dollar f semicolon done so that's a loop which will simply echo the the values that come back and the the pattern just as a as a bare pattern within the loop will successively return names or files that match and we get back two files one is called salamis.mp3 and the next one is theorize.mp3 we didn't get back any files that begin with i the only one that exists is in that subdirectory so we've discovered here that in doing things this way we don't go into the subdirectory unlike when we use find in its default form and the, in this case the glob pattern returns the file names in sorted order and they don't have the path name on the front so this is an this can be quite a good way of finding files avoiding ls and avoiding find and uh, in cases where things are relatively simple if you've got much more complex requirements you have file names with funny characters in or you want to do much more complicated matching then the big guns as i've said here of the find command are often needed but it was worth mentioning future future topics we're going to be looking at other things that have been um, mentioned in this particular episode so I definitely want to do something on arrays quite soon. Maybe even the next show in this series. I want to talk about bashes arrays, types of arrays, how you initialize them, how you access them, etc. You'll have seen bits of bits and pieces of this uh, along the way, some today in fact. But I want to just uh, do the whole thing as a, as a more formal uh, description. Talk more about the find command, as I've already said. There's also things to be said about the read command, which we haven't really looked at yet. Read is very powerful, but uh, there are there are issues with it that might catch you out. So we'll look at them. I was planning to include that in this show, but I thought it would get far too long if I did. So we'll be doing them in the next uh, next few few episodes of this this group of shows. Okay, that's it then for now, and I hope you found that useful. Okay, bye. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. 
unless otherwise stated. Today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.